You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey, Mitch! Vegas Comic Con, and right now I'm talking to Dan Cote, artist of Zen. Zen Intergalactic Ninja. Oh, you're going to have to lift it up just a little higher. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, testing, testing. Yeah. You hear me okay now? I can hear you. Okay. This is a good distance then. Right there. Yeah, because I got a pretty soft voice. <laughs> I realize. Sorry about that. So, uh, Zen Intergalactic Ninja. Yeah, we've been doing that for over three decades now three decades of, yeah. of, of one character that's I mean yeah. that's pretty incredible yeah I, it, time flies you don't even realize <laughs> <laughs> what, what I mean what went into creating the look of that character uh, uh, the look of that character came from a doodle that I did in high school and it was like this I don't know I just drew this sort of assassin guy and at that time I didn't really know how to draw faces so I remember I made him faceless, and when I met Steve Stern, the writer, co-creator, um, he said, hey, I like your artwork, and it's like, I got this story, and I was like, oh, cool, I got this character, and I just <laughs> showed him that, and it just worked out. That, that was the source of his look. And, what, I mean, what, what started you off as, for art? Like, what, what oh, did, for what, art? What made, you, what made you want to be a comic book artist? Um, well, I, I didn't intend to be a comic book artist, okay. to tell you the truth. Uh, my parents actually wouldn't let me read comic books. They're a very staunch Catholic family, and this is like in the 1960s, early 60s, when uh, they, you know, had this perception that comics were not a good influence for kids. So my mom was a little overprotective, and I remember my neighbor gave me a whole box of comics, and I like muckled onto those, and and she could see I was going to get lost in that real quick. And the next day they disappeared, so I didn't really have comic book roots as far as my inspiration um, the first art that I saw that made me want to be an artist was actually going to see the movie Jungle Book when that first came out wow. and I was probably I don't know seven or eight but that blew my little brains out I saw that <laughs> and I go oh, you can do that with drawings you know and so that was it I just started drawing and doodling all the time um, but you know, yeah, like you know, like I mentioned to you before, I grew up in Maine, which is kind of a isolated place, and you know, you have to imagine a lot. With you know, I had one friend, basically. It's not. Uh, it's it's kind of yeah, like I said, it's an isolated place, so you got to make your own kind of fun. Okay. So I'd wander around in the woods and stuff, and um, just observe and look at things really close, and got got to really digging nature and bugs and furry animals and all that stuff you know all those things that I was seeing around me so I don't know I just that, that was really a huge environment for stimulating imagination um, 
yeah, it wasn't back then. You didn't have a lot of media mm-hmm. influences, uh, not not out there anyway. So you know, you had to let your imagination run wild, and that's really how I started getting into that. And and did you when you got older? Did you go to school to pursue? Art, I did not. Okay. No, I'm, I'm pretty much all self-taught. Self-taught. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the hard way to do it. It's I don't recommend it. It takes years. So did you pick up some books at, uh, at a bookstore or at a library? Oh, I would, I would, whatever I could see for art books, I would just look and, yeah, I would, album covers. Back then, album covers were a big influence. Murals on vans were an influence. <laughs> uh, all that stuff, you know. I was getting it from wherever I could, but comic books was one thing I just never never got into okay which is bizarre right um yeah so i think the first thing that really made me want to draw cartoons per se was literally cartoons okay that magazine i don't know if you remember that Mm -hmm. but the first time i ever made money was shoveling snow driveways and one lady gave me five bucks and i went to this the store where we would go to buy candy you know and i had five bucks i never had five bucks in my life and i was like that was way too much money to buy candy i would have probably died <laughs> from sugar yeah sugar sugar overdose but i saw a cartoons magazine it was two bucks and i saw i saw that and i said oh that's cool and i bought it and that was it and i started drawing cars from then on cartoons nice and i was getting really into it and i, I think probably at this point in my life i was in third grade and I was not a very scholastic kid. I was really out there with my imagination all the time, even in school. And I was, I got in a lot of trouble drawing cartoons <laughs> in my school books. And my mom went, you know, you, you know moms, they go to PTA, right? And the right. teachers fill them in and give them the lowdown. And this young Dan is not paying attention in class. Young Dan was, it, oh, it was worse than that. This this crazy nun told my mother that I was mentally retarded. Oh, geez. Yeah, and she came home crying, and I'm like, but you know what? She 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 didn't accept that, and she actually signed me up for oil painting classes from this dude, local dude that taught oil painting, and that was really all the discipline I needed to know to focus. She, you know, her belief in me and and directing me that way was really um, a life changer. Yeah, for sure. So it, and, you definitely had the support, though. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it wasn't like you know they were. You know, I know she took away my comic books, but that was the only thing they ever did that was like <laughs> in that in that way suppressive at all. Okay. Otherwise, they were very very supportive. Yeah. And then, so how did you find yourself at at, at first comics? Okay, first comics. How did that happen? You know, I don't even know, but I'm really glad we're here because it's like very uh, creator-friendly environment, very much like a family, very much like a club. Mm-hmm. And I sure do appreciate that because I'm not one that needs... I, I don't work well under pressure, and there's no deadlines, you know, on the projects that we do. And when we do it, you know, we understand that, you know, you got to have a complete work before presenting it to Ken and and getting him on board and but once you've got the full package done and you're happy with it and everybody's happy with it it's going to get printed and that's that's pretty cool and okay so yeah. what would you say are some of your influences art wise like uh, what, what, other than the, the cartoons yeah Uncle Walt Disney of course okay back in the day um, 
Roger Dean especially was a big influence. He, album covers were pretty huge. At that point, I was a teenager and I was highly influenced by music, and I would I would buy records like uh, with whatever allowance I had. Back then, they were like ten bucks a pop, you know. And I would buy a record that I knew about, and I would buy one. I would just take a chance based on the album covers. And so throughout high school, I was like, I'm going to be an album cover designer when I grow up. This is this is awesome because they were great, great pieces of artwork. You know, the music and the art usually went together. And I've been I would say I was more influenced by music than other artists, to tell you the truth, because like I would get in, uh, I would listen to music and get in that zone and doodle. OK. Yeah. So did, did I mean, this might sound funny or weird, but did. Did you just see the the, the, the music? Did, is that what? No, no, no. It was a very disconnected relationship. Um, okay. Even now, um, I'm a big, huge advocate of doodling, and I doodle all the time. I doodle in my day job. I doodle. I doodled in third grade. Got me in big trouble. I don't get in that kind of trouble anymore. <laughs> but I doodle on the train when I commute to work. I doodle, and it's it's like a it's like um, it's sort of an out of body experience because it's like I, I never have an agenda when I start mm-hmm. and I just start scribbling and then I see something and I flesh it out and and it's a I have boxes and boxes of these ideas that can be fleshed out into a story but every time I made artwork I always saw it move thanks to that Disney influence you know it's always Everything I drew, I saw a story unfold from it, and I wanted to see it animated, you know. So animation is still, you know, my pipe dream, but it's everything I draw is a story, has a story. I could make a story out of a doodle, Mm -hmm. and that's why I advocate people to do that. Young artists, I tell them, doodle, 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 because you don't know what's going to come from that. That's true. And it's that is that is my key. That is my superpower is doodling. (laughs) Uh, okay, so yeah. when uh, when you're when you're drawing, when you're creating, I, mm. you, you said you love to listen to music, and it's very disconnected. Is mm-hmm. is there usually a certain genre of song that you love to listen um, to while you're drawing? You know, and I guess uh, anything that's not too distracting. I like a lot of chill out type stuff and ambient music, gentle stuff, even classical, all of that stuff that's not. Um, Abrasive. Distracting and abrasive. Yeah, I couldn't do heavy metal rock or anything like that. I love that stuff, but not for when I'm drawing. Not when you're drawing. Not when I'm really weeding the garden and doing something disciplined, you know. Uh, for doodling, it's different because yeah, doodling doesn't matter. I listen to anything and, and doodle. But when it comes down to getting down the business, it has to be really quiet, general music, but it has to be there too because peace and quiet is not conducive. I mean, I can handle it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is uh, is when you're when you're drawing the page, when you're when you're putting the the, the work in, is yeah. there a is there a certain part that you enjoy drawing more than others? I really like experimenting, okay. and like every single book I've done has been done a different way. Um, the first book I did was airbrushed. The which was insane amount of work. It was like 40 hours per page. Um, but I loved it because I was working in a meeting at the time that I loved. And I experimented and I would try using 
different things for stencils, like stuff I found on the ground and stems and pebbles and pantyhose <laughs> and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I would lay it down and I'd spray through it and you'd get texture. Yeah. So I was getting really interesting stuff happening with the airbrush that really nobody else was doing because these were unique treasures that I found, you know, and so that was part of the experimenting and the part of the fun of it and discovery of it. Um, and then I did, you know, I do, I've, I've always loved pen and ink, so I've done books in pen and ink. And then the computer came around and started teaching me new things. And my relationship with the computer is also collaborative and experimental because in the early days of the software, like I got, I had the, one of the first Macs that came out, you know, and in those early days, nobody knew how to use that shit. And you just had to figure it out. And I love that because it was experimenting, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and I was using software like Corel Paint, which was a lot of fun and unpredictable. And so it became a collaboration. Like these computers would surprise me. Like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. I'll run with it. You know, it's like we, also a relationship, you know, <laughs> with my computer overlords. But it was fun, and that's the key, you know. If you're going to do this kind of stuff, it, it better be fun because it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, I know, of you course. Know? I mean, it, if you're going to be spending a lot of time, you got to make sure that it's something that you're interested in. Absolutely. So yeah. is is that your preferred preferred tool for your medium now, right now, computers? Computers? You, yeah. um, no, not exclusively. No? I just did um, a the 30th anniversary book I just did for Zen. I did completely old school with pen and ink because um, pen and ink is is really a wonderful medium and it's handmade it's very organic it's very human um so sometimes i depart from that but when i go digital i adore it and i embrace that too so right now i'm in a weird place because i'm doing another follow-up to that pen and ink story and i'm working on another book that's very digital um and they all have different feels different vibes because of the medium um, with my digital stuff, I use per, uh, 90% of the renders that I do are in Adobe Illustrator, so they're vector. And um, not a lot of people do it. Some people do vector, but it's not the preferred medium, but I love it. Love it. And it's what used to take me 40 hours to do, I can do in 10. Wow. So that makes me more productive. and. You know, let's face it, I got a day job, so I get only like a couple of hours a night to work on my stuff, which I do every night, which is another thing I like to communicate to young artists is that uh, the, and old artists too, because a lot of my friends and peers start to lose their energy and, and not do their, what they were meant to do, which is to create artwork. They just, you know, their day jobs tax the, the hell out of them and they just don't have the energy anymore. And what I've found is, like, the hardest thing is just to sit your ass down in that chair. That's it. That's the hardest part. Because mm -hmm. once you start doing it, you're re-energized and stuff happens. And you're re-energized. next thing you know, you're at it for four hours and you didn't even realize it. You're going to suffer tomorrow when you have to get up at five. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's just the sitting down part. Yeah. That's all it is. And that's a that's a real important secret to 
producing artwork. Still put the time in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, it is so rewarding. You know, it's not. I, you know, I've never had financial reward from this, but it's it's something that if it's in you, you got to do it, or you're gonna shrivel up. You know, and so yeah, it's just so gratifying. And once you get the momentum going. You know, it might take me four years to make a graphic novel, but it's going to be done. Right. And, and it's be you. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, I just turned 60. So, you know, I'm, I'm of a mind where it's more important to get the stor- these stories out now. It's about my legacy and not financial gain. It's my legacy. And so I'm even more committed and motivated now than I ever was to do this work. Okay. So I've got, like I said, three or four. I got four projects I'm working on now <laughs> in that little two-hour span. But I'm touching every single one of them every night, and you know that's not a bad pace because it really helps you maintain the quality of the work that you're doing. Because if you're committed to like a solid month of doing a project like that, it starts to show when you start to get a little bit burnt out. It starts to show. Right. And this pace, just every night's fresh start, and it, it and that shows too. So I mean, one thing I have noticed, like the graphic novel I did, which took four years to make, is very inconsistent. So if somebody looks at it, a crit, like a critic looks at it and and tries to judge it based on just not knowing what went into it, right? We'll say, oh my God, it's so inconsistent. His his body structure has changed and he's more bulked up or stylistically it's different well you know i don't care because i this is two hours a night dude it's like like so forgive me (laughs) but um i don't hear that a lot anyway i would i would ignore that kind of criticism anyhow um most people are very forgiving about your errors more than you are to yourself as an artist you know yeah. yeah and uh I remember one, I got an email one time from this kid. This was, I would say, five years ago, and, and he was from Saudi Arabia. Out of the blue, he saw my, my name on Facebook, and he said that, you know, I inspired him to become an artist. And I, that blew my mind. I said, I said, wow, you're like on the other side of the world. And I, I, I wrote back to him, and what books did you look at that made you want to become an artist? And he says, Oh, your your book number two, and I'm I, I was looking at that book and I was like, oh my god, that was the worst book I ever did. Again, you're hard on yourself, you're but it was definitely, yourself, absolutely. Yes. The, when I look at it now, it is embarrassingly bad. Uh, the anatomy's all wrong. The lettering was done with a sharpie. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous by by any standards. But you know, it was it was just passionate work, and it's what resonated with the oh, kid. You, you know? know, when someone's passionate about something, it, it definitely shows in their work. Yeah, so you like, know, even if it's bad. Yeah, the passion's there. You know it. You feel it. It's in the soul of the piece, definitely. So what? I mean, you've brought it up a few times now. What? Mm. What are some of the? What are the things that you're working on right now? If you can talk about it. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I've got. Um, I'm, well, I did that 30th anniversary book. It's called Home. That was 20 pages of pen and ink beauty and I'm doing a follow up to that I actually finished that Um, Ken indicated that he'd rather release that as a graphic novel so I don't I I think I can get him to print it out as a black and white 20 pager when I've got the whole thing done 
but he really wants a graphic novel out of this. Mm-hmm. So that will be four, five more book stories. And, you know, that one took me a year, so we're looking at five years out for that one. <laughs> but I'm, I'm working on it. Good. Um, so there's that. I've got uh, a thing called, I call it re as in, you know the symbol at, the at symbol? Yep. It's This is the re symbol, R-E with a circle around it. Mm-hmm. And this one is a real passion project because I'm putting every skill I've got into these renders and just enjoying the hell out of this project. This will take a decade to make. This book will, make, will be a decade in the making. Nope. But it's like going to be my swan song. It's a beautiful piece of work and it's fun. And it's kind of, uh, you know, things have to be personal to be correct right and I'm my day job is working for a toy company and it's a corporation you know it's a publicly traded corporation so my experiences in the corporate world are being uh, exercised into this book and so it's a sci-fi book which is pretty much all I do and but it's about you know the far future and the absurdity of corporate corporate entities and this corporate entity is called RE, and they're into recycling is what they claim, but they're really into exploiting planets. Mm. And they basically come up to a planet, suck every element, every chemical, every everything out of it, and there's nothing left. So they're, they exploit planets, life on it or not. And so that's what that graphic novel is going to be about. But it's going to be super cool and super fun. And I'm just taking my sweet time on that one. And I also am working on something I call Tour of the Universe, which is, think of National Geographics, but on an interplanetary level. level. And I'm working on, that one I'm going to present as a family bundle. I'm working on a kid's version, two to five-year-olds, to address two to five-year-olds, and then five and up, and then general all of it's kid friendly um and tongue-in-cheek and fun and it'll all have the same caliber of illustration so they'll all be cohesive but the writing is what's going to differentiate you know and i don't know if you've ever tried it but writing for a two-year-old is tricky business (laughs) and i could write stories all day long and then the first time i tried it I just did this rambling thing and I was like, I looked at it after because no two-year-old is ever going to understand this. <laughs> and so I had to really get simple about it, but I just started working on that and I got it. I got it. It's all about the rhyme and the rhythm. Rhythm is rhythm. key. Yeah. And, and, and a message. You know, you got to have a, a focused message and stick to it. And so I, find, I finally got that figured out. So now I'm um, just building that, that set of stories right now. So that one and uh, Re are both going to be written by you as well as yeah. drawn by you. Yeah, yeah. So is, is that another muscle that you like to stretch or you like to work on, like the writing yeah, aspect? Yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. I, I, I really, uh, as a young man, didn't know I could write. Um, but sometimes, you know, there's, there's something to genetics. I, my grandmother was a writer. She made her living writing articles in the local newspaper and she was very popular but when I was a kid I, I think when I was five I had a sunstroke you know when you're in this exposed mm-hmm. to the sun too long and I passed out and I like went blind for a day Wow! and I you know back then they just 
you know, they just put wet blankets on you and cool you down, you know, but th- I think it did some damage <laughs> because when I went to school, grammar school, high school, I didn't, I didn't re- like to read. I didn't read. I was terrible at math. I, I pretty much sucked at school. But I had that crazy imagination. So I think it damaged the left side of my brain. And, and the right side was intact. Or it got bigger or something. Because creativity was not a problem. Right? But apparently, you know, my grandmother had a style of writing. It was a very down-home, personal style of writing. And she wrote about things that she liked and was passionate about. Um, primarily birds. She was into birds and the state of Maine and history and that's what she wrote in her family and she wrote about those things and after she died and um, my mom actually uh, was um, dying of cancer and she my mom asked me to write her obituary and I'm like oh really mom you know and, and she gave me this list of things she'd done in her life and I, and it was like wow I didn't know this stuff uh, that you did. It was like, okay. And I wrote it, and I wrote it like a story. Like, uh, because it was new to me, I just wrote it like, this young girl did this, you know. And I told this story, her story, and they printed it in the paper, and the the editor said, my God, this is is the best thing I've ever read, you know. It was very, uh, getting choked up now, but it was pretty moving. Yeah. And... What was interesting is that all of my relatives said, oh, my God, this is like your grandmother wrote this. In the same style. Right. And I really hadn't read her stuff because, like I said, I didn't. I wasn't in reading. Mm-hmm. But discovered that I wrote exactly the way she wrote, right from the heart. Right. And so that's when I discovered that, yeah, I, I can write. But also more, more focused on making art and I... And that is so time-consuming that I, I've thrown myself 90% into that and 10% into writing. But now I'm kind of getting into it and fleshing out, spreading my wings, if you will, and writing and just got, and just freeform, just writing, like like doodling. I write like I doodle just stories. Free thought. Just yeah, page, yeah. And it's page. very fun. Uh, it's kind of unfocused, but... Like with the you know the project is talking about, I'm more focusing. I'm learning how to focus, but I'm not trained. I'm not a professional writer. I'm not even a professional comic book writer, a artist, because you know. Oh, you've had I, stuff printed. You've had I've stuff had, I've got stuff published. I got stuff printed. I'm just not making a living at it. But you know, I'm not schooled in it. So you you know, some people would say you can't really declare yourself professional unless you. You are, but I guess I am, you know, because yeah, um, I said what well, I'm not good for anything else. <laughs> Anyhow, so yeah, I think uh, we've already touched on it a little bit. But what what is it that when you're, I mean, when you're not doing your your daily uh, drawing and then your mm. your day job and stuff like that, what is it that you like to geek out about? What 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 is the thing that that you uh, you're a huge fan of and it doesn't have to be like sci-fi or or video games or anything you said birds earlier like that's that's oh yeah okay what is it that you're passionate about i like walking in nature i love the i love life i love the planet i love the world i live in and i love looking really close at it so one of the things i really love is like macro photography i like taking a really close look at what's around me Mm mm-hmm 
and that's a that's definitely a source of the the art that I make um, because the our micro world is an alien environment. It's like it's like other planets mm -hmm. when you really get down on your on your belly and look under leaves and shit. Uh, it, that's that's what I geek out on, and I love weather. I live in LA, and there's no weather there. But where I grew up in Maine, you had seasons, <laughs> seasons. and weather, and you had uh, decay and and things like that. Nature is just an amazing, amazing, amazing place. Um, I used to be when I was young. I used to be passionate about skiing, but uh, these old bones can't handle that <laughs> shit anymore. <laughs> My memory, my muscle memory remembers, but the body says, what the hell are you doing no, to me? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's sad. That bums me out. But yeah, no, I had, when I lived in Maine, I had a kayak. So that brought me back into nature. And, and uh, yeah, so I guess, I guess that's what I geek out on is, is this world that we live in. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and it's, it's kind of, I'm kind of embarrassed to say how little I know about the comic book world, but that, that is a fact. I'm so immersed in what I'm doing that I don't really see what's going on around me. Um, and like, so like a lot of uh, my nerd friends who are really into Marvel and DC, they're like talking at me. He said, did you see the Avengers? Did you see what happened? I'm like, no, uh, I, I still haven't seen it yet. <laughs> what about the end of Game of Thrones? No, I've been busy working. <laughs> Hey, I mean, you got your priorities, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, you know, it's like, and I'm on, I'm on, uh, what's the word? Uh, um, everything in that that I'm doing is original because it's not. It's not influenced. touched by anything. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a virgin, man. <laughs> uh, okay, so where can Greater my virgin. listeners uh, find you online if they want to look up some of your work? Uh, well, with there's of course there's the Zen Intergalactic Ninja website that I built. Um, there's also Tour of the U, just the letter U. That's where I'm kind of putting a lot of my energy right now um, because it's all, uh, it's just really fun stuff to look at. And, it'll, and you'll see, when you, if you look, when you look at that hour, you're going to say, oh, yeah, this guy's been crawling around the ground in the main, main woods. This is definitely, that's what that comes <laughs> from. So I'm, I'm into, like, these alien landscapes and stuff like that, and uh, tour of the U is that, and yeah, uh, Facebook. I'm on Facebook and all that stuff. I'm kind of ramping up on the social media stuff. I haven't. I've been offline for a while. Like I said, I, I don't know if I tell you, but I, I was talking to your girlfriend earlier, and you met all these guys in Yuma before, but I I didn't get to go to those because I was like entrenched in maker mode. Mm -hmm. And when you when you get in the zone. I don't want to leave it. Right. And for me, you know, going to these shows is important, but it's important when I have something new to present. I don't want to live in the past. I'm not glorying in my glorious past. For me, I'm always moving forward. I always want to present something new. And I don't want to waste your time by coming here without something new to show you, you know. So that's why I'm kind of getting out now because I, I do have new stuff to show. There you go. So, so this is Mitch on the floor of... Amazing Las Vegas Comic-Con with Dan Cote saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.